Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. I am using the Amplified Bible for all of my scriptures tonight. And the reason they call it the Amplified Bible, it's like my voice is amplified right now with this mic, isn't it? The guitars are amplified as well so you can hear them loud and clear. When you read this version of the Bible, both Old and New Testaments, it was put together by a team of many scholars from all around the world to help us understand the Hebrew and Greek meanings. Hebrew in the Old Testament, Greek in the New. So this is what they came up with. And when you read this, you're going to probably get a little extra excited and inspired beyond what you already do when you kind of understand what it means in English. So here we go. In conclusion, be strong in the Lord. Paul is writing to the people who lived in Ephesus. He said, draw your strength from him and be empowered through your union with him. That's what it means to be strong in the Lord. And in the power of his boundless might. Watch this. Put on the full armor of God. Tell someone next to you, put it all on. For his precepts are like the splendid armor of a heavily armed soldier, so that you may be able to successfully stand up against all the schemes and strategies and the deceits of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, contending only with physical opponents, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly supernatural places. Therefore, now whenever you see the word therefore in the Bible, you ask yourself, what is was it there for? What is it there for? The reason we have to put on the whole armor of God is because of this enemy we have and these enemies that work with him in the supernatural realm to fight against us. Therefore, put on the complete armor of God. Tell someone again, put it all on so that you will be able to successfully resist and stand your ground in the evil day of danger. And having done everything that the crisis demands to stand firm in your place, fully prepared, immovable, victorious. So stand firm and hold your ground. Having tightened the wide band of truth, personal integrity, moral courage around your waist. Didn't you appreciate Pastor Bobby's message on that? And having put on the breastplate of righteousness, an upright heart, and having strapped on your feet the gospel of peace in preparation to face the enemy with firm-footed stability and the readiness produced by the good news. Now, can you imagine if you were a soldier and went into battle in bare feet? Can you imagine if you were a soldier and didn't put on a breastplate, you'd be exposing your vital organs? Tell someone again, put it all on. Above all, lift up the protective shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. You know, I did a little bit of study on that shield of faith when it was preached about a few weeks back. And because they were wooden shields, 
they would soak them in water before the battle because they would actually shoot flaming arrows at them. And when they'd hit the shield that was soaked in water, they'd just fizzle out. Praise God, right? And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit. So I looked up the Greek word for sword, and it means literally a battle knife, a long-bladed dagger for war. Wow, right? The sword of the Spirit, which is the word, and in this case, Pastor Caleb told us it was the spoken word of the rhema of God, with all prayer and petition, you've got to pray to make it effective, right? All of this. With specific requests at all times and every occasion and every season in the Spirit, which wrote the Word, right? Which is the sword of the Spirit. And with this in view, stay alert with all perseverance and petition, interceding in prayer for all God's people. So let's pray right now about this Word of God that we're going to take up in a mighty way tonight. Lord God of heaven, we pray again in Jesus' name. Reveal this word by your spirit, the same spirit that inspired this word, the same spirit that breathed on the waters and spoke this world into existence. I pray, Lord, that the spirit that spoke through the mouth of the prophets and that filled Mary's womb and caused you to be born in this world and you were here in the fullness of the spirit without measure. Let that same spirit be revealed to us tonight and let us see how we can use these words in our fight against our enemy. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. Amen. You may be seated. I'd like to go to Hebrews 4.12. Hebrews 4.12, again up on the screen in the amplified version. For the word of God is living and active and full of power. Why? Because the Spirit inspired it, right? Making it operative, energizing, and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating as far as the division of the soul and spirit, in completeness of a person, and of both joints and marrow, the deepest parts of our nature, exposing and judging the very thoughts and intentions of the heart. Wow, a two-edged sword. So it cuts both ways, right? It's meant to kill. That's what it was for. Psalm 149, 5 through 6. I love this. Listen to this. It talks about God's people loving to praise him and all that. But when it gets down to verse 5, it says, Let the godly ones exalt in glory. Let them sing for joy on their beds. You ever do that, just sing while you're in bed? Yeah. Let the high, well, you should if you haven't, right? Let the high praises of God be in their throats. And watch this. And a two-edged sword in their hands. Wow. That's pretty cool, right? So speaking of a sword in hand, listen to this guy who was, one of the mighty men of David. I'm reading now from 2 Samuel 23, 8. It's going to be up on the screen. These are the names of the mighty men or warriors 
whom David had. And he names several, but then he comes to this one guy named Eleazar. And by the way, his name in Hebrew means God helps. Oh, that's good, right? El is for God, and Azar, I guess, is helps. The son of Dodoi, the son of Ahohi, he was one of the three mighty men with David when they taunted and defied the Philistines assembled there for battle. Well, sometimes if you taunt the enemy, you're going to be in for a big fight, right? And the men of Israel had gone, so they're pretty bold to stand there, three of them, and taunt the, the army of the Philistines. But watch this. Eleazar stood up and struck down the Philistines until his hand was weary and clung to the sword. The Lord brought about a great victory that day. The people returned after him only to take the spoil of the slain. This guy fought a whole army with his sword. Hey, that's a powerful weapon, right, in the hands of a godly guy? Well, guess what? We have Eleazar here with us tonight. Eleazar, would you come up? <laughs> the mighty man. <laughs> Good to have you, bro. Oh, man, what a handshake. <laughs> All right, and he happened to bring his sword with him as well. Woo! By the way, this is Brother Raymond, the warrior. Now, Raymond, I want you to cling to that sword like you did on the day of that battle. And they're going to put the slide up about let's cling to our sword. That's the first thing we have to do if we're going to go fighting with this sword, right? We want to get a good grip on the good book. So important. And so Raymond has five fingers on this sword. Can you pull this out of the sheath there? Careful, it's a real one. Don't, don't slice me and dice me, okay, bro? I'm your friend. All right. He's got a, a real strong grip on this, and he's been highly trained in its usage, so he could kill a 1,000 guys probably if he had to like Eleazar. Now, some of us don't understand it, but you and I are equipped with a, a same weapon in the spiritual realm. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, the Scripture says, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Yeah, we're fight, fighting a spiritual battle just as you fought in a physical battle. So he's got this good grip on it, but I want you to think of five ways that you and I can grip with our hand on the sword, on the two-edged sword. The first one is when we hear the Word of God. You're listening to it right now as I'm preaching. So whether it's a man or a woman of God that's preaching or teaching the Word of God or even a fellow saint testifying the Word of God, that is a powerful thing because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, right? So that's why we listen to it. Now they have audio Bibles. You can have someone read it to you. Uh, my daughter, Karina, they have it playing in their house 24 hours. So when you stay over there at night, you got to listen to the Word of God all night long, which is great, you know, so you go to bed with it in your subconscious. And um, the second, so I'm going to say that that's one of his fingers, okay? Let's say the thumb, that's not a finger, but his thumb 
is number one. That's hearing the word. What's the next one? Read it. So we can read the word of God. And the Bible tells us to read the scriptures. And we can do it every day, like I suggest, as Pastor Bobby recommends to all of us who are spiritual priests, right, in the morning and in the evening. Read just a, a portion of scripture or read a lot of scripture. I have trouble putting it down, honestly. I got a, a one-year Bible, and it's been about six years I've been reading it because I get sidetracked, Alex. I, what, I love it. I love it. But anyway, <laughs> that, what's the third finger here? The middle finger is study, right? So if you want to go deeper, you have to put in a little effort and study the Word of God. Find out what it means. See where the other passages are. Learn to, you know, find out what the original meetings are. Maybe go to Riverside Bible College. But definitely, definitely go to Growth Track, right? Definitely go to the baptism workshop. And guess what? We're working on the new grounded course, grounded in Hebrew heritage about royal priests and reigning kings, and that's coming out in the spring. So we're getting all the word of God we can. Come to Bible, Bible uh, messages on Wednesday night, on Sunday, every way that you can. Study, study, study the word of God. And it's amazing what you can come up with. And then the next finger, the ring finger here, is memorize. So if you find in all of your reading and studying and all that something that really speaks to you in the Word of God, memorize it. Just like I quoted a scripture to you. I apologize if it's in King James Version, which I, I'm sorry but not sorry. But <laughs> I learned them all when I was a young believer uh, 50 years ago in King James. <laughs> so I use that against the devil, and this, that sword works just as good as your modern ones. <laughs> all right. And then <clears throat> on his pinky here, He's got the last but not least way to hold on to the Word of God, and that is to meditate on the Word of God. And the Hebrew word for meditate is not emptying your mind like the Eastern people do. It's filling your mind with the Word of God, and it actually means to chew on your cud like a cow would bring up its cud and, and ruminate on it or chew, chew and rechew. So you think about it and you're just really getting deep and thinking about what you're saying, putting yourself in the situation and really put all of these things together. And you can see how you'd have a really good grip on the word of God. And that's how you won that battle, right, Eliezer? Yeah. <laughs> what was it like? Tough, but I got it done. <laughs> it's not easy, right? But we've, we can stand in the evil day. And we can wield this sword with some real effectiveness. Now, what would happen if Eleazar, I got a feeling, I, I don't want you to drop it on me, bro, so I'm going to put the sheath on it. But let's just say I'm going to have you take, we're going to go in reverse order here. Man, he almost gave me a fingernail trim there. Okay, so let's just say that he doesn't meditate. That would be that pinky. So he's not holding it on with all of his fingers, but he's still got a pretty good grip, right? But it would be kind of weird fighting like, like this, you know, <laughs> like holding a cup of tea. But anyway, then let's say he's decided, uh, you know, I really don't need to memorize. Eh, I'm not going to hide my word in, in my uh, heart. Is hide his word in my heart that I might not sin against him. I'm good. I just come listen to a few sermons or turn on the radio or whatever. So forget that. Uh, and then, how's your grip now? Still pretty tough, but I'm struggling. Okay. I think, I think I, I'm sweating now. 
want to go war against all the demons with that grip? I'm going to try. <laughs> <laughs> Good boy. Okay. The next one he's going to let go of is studying. He's going to say, I'm going to leave the studying to the preachers. Forget it. Now it's getting a, a little weaker, isn't it? Look out. This is actually a heavy sword. All right. And then let's say he says, you know what? I'm just going to come to church once in a while and hear a message. Forget about reading it on my own. You're going to be a mess in battle, aren't you? Let's give Eliezer a hand. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, bro. <laughs> Man, he came all the way from Israel to be with us tonight. <laughs> way to go. Praise God. Now, I want to give you a tactical advantage tonight in using your sword, the Word of God. How many of you have the Word of God tonight in a paper form or digital? Okay, sorry, JJ. He's, got, he's a high-tech dude. <clears throat> okay, so whether you... If, if you have your phone tonight and you've got, like, the U version, there's 1,740 swords in there. Did you know that? 1,740 translations? And some of them are audio, and it's all free. But anyway, so get, one, get, get your Bible out if you have the paper version right now. Pull out your sword. If you, if you have a digital version, I want you to just bring it up. <clears throat> I'll have you do, you're taking your sword out of the sheath right now, right? And like Eliezer, and as, the, as Paul admonished us in Ephesians, to stand and fight in the Lord's might, right? It's not your might. It's his might. But we're going to fight with might. That's the next slide here. Hello. <laughs> next slide. That's it. Using promises in the word of God. Let me tell you, there are thousands of promises in the Word of God. Thousands of them. If you don't believe it, <clears throat> go ask Mr. Google or Alexa when you get home. Say, Mr. Google, um, read me some promises in the Bible. And they'll come up and never quit probably. You know, just on and on and on and on and on and on. <clears throat> there's all kinds of books online about it. There's... there's uh, a whole Bible called the Promise Bible. This guy pulled all the promises out of the Bible and wrote them down. The promises of God are amazing. And look what Peter the Apostle says about it. He says in his second epistle, chapter 1, verse 3 through 4, we have been given, watch this, exceeding great and precious promises by God's divine power. Whoa. You talk about great promises in the Word of God when you know them, when you learn them, and especially when you use them. They are so powerful because it actually brings things to pass. The Word of God, the Scripture says, is quick or alive and powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, you know, dividing. You know, we read that earlier. The Apostle Paul says, on the next slide, for as many... As are the promises of God in Christ, they are all answered yes. Come on. What if we had parents that have said yes every time? You promised, Dad. You ever hear that? You got to do it, right, when, they, when the kids do that? So through him, we say amen. 
I know a lot of you know that amen means yes or so be it. So be it, surely, to the glory of God. Then John the Apostle says in John 5, 14 and 15, I love this passage of Scripture. How many of you know that the Word of God is the will of God? Now, this, this almost sounds a little over the top when you first read it, and you're probably shocked that John would say such a thing, but stop and think about what he's really saying here. This is the remarkable degree of confidence which we as believers are entitled to. This is the confidence we have before him, confident abiding faith combined with God's power can produce amazing results if the request is in harmony with God's will. God is fully capable of doing that which man regards as impossible, that if we ask anything according to his will, right? Jesus said, whatsoever you ask in prayer, believing you shall receive. That sounds like a blank check to me. <laughs> Except that you've got to ask in his name, which means in the scope of his authority, in the realm of his attributes, all the things that God is and all the things that he says, if you ask anything according to his will, that is consistent with his plan and purpose, he hears us. Oh, yes. We're getting it, aren't we? That means if you discover a promise, you know it's his will, you know it's according to his plan and purpose, and you know that he'll answer and give you that which you ask. And if we know for a fact, as indeed we do, that he hears and listens to us in whatever we ask, we also know with settled and absolute knowledge that we have granted to us the requests which we have asked from him. You talking about an advantage on the battlefield, folks. When you know the word of God, the enemy runs. Submit to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Now, here's, I'm going to give you like a, a key. It's not a secret, but it's just like a key to personalize your warfare for success. Find some promises in the Word of God that are appropriate to your needs. Whatever it is you need. Maybe you've got trouble with anger. Anybody have trouble with that? It's just me, huh? <laughs> wow, well, the Scripture says anger rests in the bosom of fools. Oh, my. When I read that, I go, oh, okay, i got to get that out of there. <laughs> Be ye angry and sin not. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath, etc. I'm giving you a few Scriptures because I had to memorize them years ago. And it really helped me. I'm not so mad anymore. <laughs> just a little crazy, but not mad. Wow. So then when you find the scripture that relates to it, watch this, you pray the promise. What do you mean by that? I mean you personalize it and say, I am not a fool, and therefore I'm not going to let anger rest in my bosom. See that? That makes it personal, right? Yeah. All right. Now I'm going to give you a couple of examples. Just 
and I, I know you'll get the message quick, but this can get very inspiring. In fact, I went through about a half a dozen promise, prayer promise books I use in my devotions, and I had them all tabbed, and I was just going to read off dozens and dozens and dozens. And I said, no, just two, just two for tonight. But watch this. If you're feeling lonely, when you pray, just simply personalize Jesus' promise from Matthew 2820 in the Amplified Bible. So a lot of you know Jesus says in there, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the ends of the earth, right, or the world. Now, so if you're lonely and you're feeling bad, like, oh, nobody loves me, I guess everybody hates me, I guess I'll go eat worms. Is it just me that, you know, gets in this mood once in a while, you know? Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Jesus said, I am with you always. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Never. Don't tell me you're alone if you're a believer. Because Jesus is with you. And not only is he with you, he's in you. He's within you. Woo. So then you say, Jesus, you promised you would be with me always, remaining with me perpetually. This is the amplified version. Regardless of circumstance and on every occasion, even to the end of the age. Man, come on. There goes loneliness out the door. Come on. If you're troubled, Lord Jesus, you said you leave me your peace and you give me your peace. Not as the world gives, you give me peace. So therefore, I will not let my heart be troubled. I won't let it. Neither will I be afraid. Mm. And you can go on and on. After you do a bunch of this stuff, you're fearless, you're confident, you're free. For he whom the Son says free is free indeed. I am free indeed because you set me free. Woo, feel it? So personalize all of God's promises when you pray, whether they be the unconditional promises of God or the conditional promises of God. What do you mean by that? Some things God has promised, they're just going to happen. But some of us don't even stop to think about that. He said when he put the rainbow in the sky that he would not flood the earth again by water or destroy it. It is going to be destroyed by fire next time, but no more worldwide floods. And he gave us a rainbow as a sign of that. So that's an unconditional problem. It doesn't matter who you are or where you live or if you're a believer or not. That is a promise of God that's not going to be broken. The world is never going to flood all over the world again. But it will burn. <laughs> and where will you be when the world's on fire? I'm sorry, I'm getting off track. <clears throat> but then, here's the ones I really love. The conditional promises of God. That's like God says, if you do this, I'll do this. I promise you, if you'll repent and believe, 
I will save you. If you'll confess your sins, I will forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. If you will call for the elders of the church when you're sick, they will anoint you with oil, and if you've committed any sins, they will be forgiven, and you will be healed. So when I was sick a few weeks ago, I forgot to call the elders and anoint me with oil, and I just suffered. And then one day I called Pastor Bobby and said, man, I just messed up. I forgot to call the elders of the church. I went to the doctor. I got some cough drops. I did all this stupid stuff, and I didn't do what the Bible said to do. So I, I said, would you pray for me right now? And he said, I'll do better than that. I'll come over, and I'll <laughs> dab you with oil. And we put oil on me, and we prayed, and praise God, I felt better the next day. So watch this. In this table, I know it's kind of small letters. Take a screenshot, okay, and study it when you get home. It might be a little fuzzy on the screen, but you can uh, sharpen it, you know, with your tools on your phone. So get a screenshot of this. This is how we swing our sword, brothers and sisters. We're talking about using this sword right now for victory because we're warriors and we're in warfare, and this is our weapon, right? So I want you to notice, we want to have, and we have, if we'll claim these promises, victory over sin, over sickness, over suffering, and over Satan. And I know these aren't the only things we can have victory over, but these are some main categories, aren't they, across the top of this table. But I want you to notice on the far left side, it says, God's part on that top half there are the promises that he's given us and they're found in the Word of God, exceeding great and precious promises. And then on the lower half there, it says, our part are the conditions. Now, I want you to notice, I divided up the conditions on when you pray for yourself and when you pray for someone else. Now, if you're praying for someone else for salvation, there's some things you need to do uh, besides pray for them, right? Right? So you're praying, oh, God, I pray that the God of this world will not blind the minds of my friend. See, I'm personalizing it. My friend John, I pray that you'll remove the blinders and that he will feel your presence. Send angels, give them visions, let the Spirit of God create a hunger in their heart. God will answer that prayer, and God will move on people. And I know you're going to think I'm kind of simple and stupid, but I believe that if I pray... For you, Jamie, my prayer goes up, and God hears it, and if I'm praying for you, it comes down. Yeah, I believe that. Now, whether or not you respond, that's your business, but you're going to feel the power. You will feel it. Somebody prayed for me, somebody prayed for you, and that's why we're here. Yeah. Yeah. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> yeah, I believe in that. You believe in that? Yeah, come on, let's praise the Lord. Woo. But you can't control what other people do. But guess what? You can pray for yourself and no one's there to limit you but you. 
So if you know the promise, do what you're supposed to do, right? Say, oh, God, I, w- I want to be blessed financially. Great. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Shall men give to you? Right? Bring your tithes and offerings into the storehouse and see if I won't pour you out a blessing that you won't contain. You can't contain it. Prove me. Try me. Come on. Meet the condition. I promise you I will bless the socks off you. Well, that's my version. (laughs) Wow. You want to have victory over temptation? Submit to God, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Resist the devil, he'll flee from you. Someone came to me one time and said, Pastor Al, I'm really having a struggle with smoking. You know, I said, he said, I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but I, I still struggle with smoking cigarettes. And I go, no problem. He goes, what? I said, you, can you get a free Gideon Bible? You know, one of those little pocket ones, they're free. I said, take one of those and Put it everywhere you put your cigarettes. If you put your cigarettes in your pocket, if you roll it up in your sleeve, if you have it on the dashboard of your car, if you have it on your nightstand, if you have it in your kitchen, just put a pocket Bible there instead of that. And every time your flesh says, I need a smoke, you, you reach there and you pick up the Word of God and you read it. And especially if you pick out a promise that there is no temptation taken me that is not common to man, but God will, with the temptation, make a way of escape that I may be able to bear it. See? You can overcome. Yeah. And so, um, and, then, and then I said, uh, if it's the devil that tempts you too, that uses your flesh to tempt you, he would be a stupid fool to tempt you because you're going to get the word of God. Every time you're tempted, you reach over your nightstand, you're reading the Bible. I mean, come on, the devil's going to leave you alone on that one. I'm talking about this. Come on, use it. We've got it. Praise God. Wow. So that's the idea. You get the idea, right? All right. Come on, warriors. Let's go into battle, okay? Let's all stand right now. We're going to go to warfare. I want you to pull your sword out of its sheath right now. Get your Bible out or your phone with the Bible on it. Put it up. You know how in those movies they're going, all right, we're going to war. I want you to join me in declaring this war cry. I want you to speak it along with me. I'm not going to say it, and then you repeat it. We're all going to say it together. You ready? This is my war cry. Ready? All together, let's say it. I decree and declare this is my Bible. I believe it is God's word, spirit-inspired word. I stake my life in this world and the next world on its absolute truth. Keep going. I am who it says I am. Have what it says I can have. I will hold its promises in my hand, heart, and hand. Therefore, as spiritual warrior, I will take God's promises into spiritual warfare. 
I will name and claim God's promises for myself and others. I will meet his conditions and see his word fulfilled in my life. (laughs) I wield this weapon for myself, for my family, and for my friends. I make this bold proclamation in the almighty power of Jesus' name. Come on, let's praise him. Yeah! Yeah! Come on! Attack! Attack! Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit riversidechurchtx.com.